Okay, grad Sunday. Look at all the oh, graduates. Terry wasn't kidding when he said that I plan on preaching very short today. Uh, last week, you know, I always go back and I check to see how long I talk, and then I subtract any announcements I made, and then I subtract any ums or long pauses that I had, and I'm always under like 25 minutes, so I don't know what, what he's talking about, but last week, uh, I, I genuinely preached for 18 and a half minutes, which for me was like a new world record. Uh, you know, in track and field, you have a PR, right? Your personal record. Uh, that was, that was what I have to beat today, and I plan on doing it by about eight minutes, so we're going to see how that works out. Um, we're going to begin a new series on the book of Deuteronomy, and so what we're going to do is we're going to jump nearly to the end of the book of Deuteronomy to start that series this morning. But in, in talking with Kyle about what an appropriate message for Grad Sunday would be, he said, choose life. And so this morning, I want to look at the words of Moses to the Israelite people as he is preparing, knowing full well what's coming ahead of him, for them to go into the land and for him to die. These are in many ways the last words of Moses to the Israelite people. And he spends the entire book telling them their history, reminding them where they've come from, reminding them what God has done for them and what he will continue to do for them. The ways in which he anticipates that they're going to struggle and sometimes fail. The ways in which they're sometimes going to succeed. But in all cases, the ways in which God will continue to love and care for them. Disciplining them when it's appropriate and profiting them when it's appropriate. And the whole book revolves around this relationship, not just between Moses and the people, because Moses is on his way out, but he wants to remind the people, no matter what happens to me, God remains. That relationship is the one to focus on. So for our graduates this morning, I, I want to tell you, your relationships in your life are about to change in drastic ways. Things are going to be different for you moving forward. You are about to embark on a lot of things that you've never done before. You're going to go learn things about yourself you didn't know up until this point. And the people in your lives who love you and support you and have encouraged you and, and tried to help you uh, set a path for yourself are going to continue to be in your life. But what that's going to look like is going to change a little bit between now and the end of the summer and now, and next year. Depending on where you're going, if you're going off to college, or if you're staying nearby, no matter what, your relationships are going to change. But there's one relationship that I hope that you will decide doesn't change. Or maybe it does, but only for the better. Your relationship with God. See, over the course of the book of Deuteronomy, Moses again has said, there are going to be times where you are on the mountaintop. You're going to go into the land and God is going to give you fields you didn't plant, houses you didn't build, cities that you did not construct. It's going to be good. And you're going to enjoy what God has given to you. You're going to have some of those experiences where God is just going to lay something wonderful at your feet. In those moments, 
Recognize who it is that gave you those lands, who gave you those houses, who gave you those cities to dwell in. Maybe not literally. I don't think any of you are going to go become mayor tomorrow, but maybe. Who knows? I think we've got the youngest mayor in, in the United States in Oregon somewhere, and so uh, that's a possibility. But there are also going to be times that are difficult for you. Times where it might feel like God is a little distant. Times where you wonder, what are the blessings that God has laid at my feet? Why am I not seeing those blessings today, right now, in this moment? And Moses' encouragement to the people is not, hey, completely ignore the fact that you're having a difficult time today. It's remember what God has done for you in the past. Remember that all the blessings continue to have been blessings. Whatever it is you're facing right now, God continues to be the God that you have always known him to be. And in these parting words to the people that David has, has read to us, Moses does this thing where he takes essentially what is the end of the first five books of the Old Testament and he goes back to the beginning. In Deuteronomy chapter, 20, uh, chapter 30, rather verse 11, it says, For this commandment that I command you today is not too hard for you. Neither is it too far off. It is not in heaven that you should say, who will ascend to heaven for us and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it? Neither is it beyond the sea that you should say, who will go over the sea for us and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it? But the word is very near you. It is in your mouth, and in your heart, so that you can do it. There is this temptation when we face difficulties in lives to say, God's not prepared me for this. There are situations in life sometimes that we encounter where things are going really well and you say, I've done this for myself. And Moses says, don't, don't ever think that the best things in your life are something that you got without God. God is gracious, and all good gifts have come from him. James repeats that in the New Testament. But don't think that your trouble and your trial is because God doesn't love you. Maybe there's something to learn in that. Maybe there's something to overcome in that. And Moses moves from reminding the people that the word they need, the thing that God wants from them, is right in their midst. God has spoken to them personally and said, this is what I want from you. This is my expectation. My relationship is among my people. My word is with you in your mouth and on your heart. So Moses says, knowing how near that relationship with God is, hear this. I have set before you today life and good, death, and evil. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I command you today by loving the Lord your God, by walking in his ways, and by keeping his commandments and his statutes and his rules, then you shall live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you are entering to take possession of it. But if, if your heart turns away, and you will not hear, but are drawn away to worship other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you will surely perish. 
You shall not live long in the land that you are going over the Jordan to enter and possess. I call heaven and earth to witness today that I have set before you life and death. Notice the words he uses, life and death, good and evil. And now Moses is conjuring up this idea of the Garden of Eden, and he says, you know what? God gave the people a land. He gave them something that was good. He gave them a place to dwell together and for things to be good among them. He said, I give you a choice. All the fruit of the garden or the one tree in the middle? Choose the fruit in the garden that I've prepared for you. For our graduating seniors, this is what I want to tell you this morning. Choose life. God has laid in front of you so much opportunity. There are so many choices you will get to make, and the vast majority of them will be good choices, opportunities that you have that are unique to you as an individual, because God has given you those opportunities. He knows who you are and what you'll excel at. When choices come, consult the one who made you, and choose life. There will be other opportunities that will present themselves to you and they will make themselves look very appealing. They will, they will look like good fruit to pick and eat and you'll get what you want out of it. But in your mouth it turns bitter. And it's not what you really wanted. And Moses is telling the people there's going to be fruit in the land. And some of that fruit's real. Some of that's the stuff that I want you to avoid. As you go out as you encounter the various choices that you have, choose life. Let the relationship with God define who you are. Because there there are a lot of Moseses in this room this morning who have in many ways carried you to where you are. They've walked alongside you. They've, you know, made sure that you had food and water when you needed it, right? Uh, Maybe sometimes they struck the rock when they should have spoken to it gently. But they've loved you well. And while they're not going to go up a mountain and die after they give you their final words, they are going to change. They're going to be someone different to you tomorrow than they are today. And I think most of your parents, the elders in this church, the ministry staff would tell you this. Even when we're not there, God remains. Maybe we won't guide you now. Maybe it's time for you to find your faith in God. You're going to go away, some of you, and you're going to find another place, and maybe you're going to find a Joshua who rises up after Moses and helps to lead you and guide you. But it's important that you have a faith of your own because when the people forgot Joshua, they wandered away. Find a faith of your own. Choose life. That goes for all of us in the room this morning. Moses won't always be there but God will. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we pray this morning that we will choose life. That in the the beautiful, wide open spaces that you have given to us, we will see the fruit that you've intended, and we will pick the best of it, feast on it, and remember the God that has loved us well. And Father, we recognize in those same fields there are going to be temptations, things that would bring us death, hurt, harm, evil. Help us to choose 
life. And help us to remember that the word is not far off, across the sea, or in the heavens, but it is in our mouths and in our heart. It's all this that we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. If you have need of the church this morning, uh, we have elders here who would be happy to pray with you. There are some ladies who would be happy to visit with you as well. I'm going to be at the front of the auditorium on Harmony Team this morning, so I won't be at the back of the auditorium, but people will be watching. And if you want to meet with them to pray, they'll be back there for you. Let's stand and sing. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, never mind. Don't, don't stand and sing. Don't listen to me. <laughs> Force a habit, I guess. Before we begin uh, with the next portion to honor our grads, I do want to take a moment just to say thank you for uh, last week. It truly was uh, a surprise in this digital age. That's hard to uh, imagine, but I, I really did not know that that was coming. I walked in and I saw many, many balloons and I saw the one and the zero, and I thought maybe it was Jim's birthday, and they just forgot one of the zeros. <laughs> but what really sealed it for me was seeing Jim Miller walking around in a Disney t-shirt. But I do want to say thank you. Um, it was uh, very humbling, and I'm honored to have been a part of this congregation for so long, be taught, been, have been taught by many of you, and now be able to be um, part of the work this church is doing. So thank you. But today is not about me at all. It is about our grads. And I do want to say again, you know, thank you, Terry, uh, for the reminder. I think it's so important to honor our grads and their families uh, every year. Uh, we want you to know that wherever you end up, that this place will always be a place that we want you to be able to call home and that we are proud of your accomplishments. And we want to take a moment to honor you. What I'd like to do, uh, again, there's, some, the, there's those pamphlets that were on the table in the lobby. If you didn't get one, you can uh, scurry back there and grab one if you'd like, or just grab one afterwards. But what I'd like to do is uh, present each grad and share a personal verse that I've kind of chosen for them. This is a tradition I kind of started about four or five years ago as I reflect on, you know, who each of them are and a Bible verse that kind of exemplifies them or that they strive to, um, to achieve. Um, and then just kind of talk about their, their plans for the future. So I'm going to go in alphabetical order by last name. That brings us to Sonia Brenner. Sonia, the, the, oh yeah, and feel free to, you know, clap briefly if you want to cheer for your, cheer for your student. Uh, Sonia, the verse I picked for you, oh, and by the way, I also forgot to mention, each one of you will get a little keychain, you can remember us by, it has your initials on it, and the verse that I picked for you, or that was chosen for you on the back. Uh, the verse that I chose, Sonia, is Hebrews 12.1, which says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. A good word to describe Sonia is determined. Sonia sells in much of what she puts her mind to. She has worked hard academically and in various sports programs um, even earning a chance to play on a Junior Olympics water polo team. Sonia is a hard worker, but she's also very kind, especially towards little ones. One thing I really appreciate about, appreciate about Sonia is her capacity to give others her attention. Even if she would rather be doing something else, you know 
you would never know it when she sits and listens to others. Sonia is the kind of person you can depend on, and I'm confident that she will do well in whatever she sets her mind to in the future. Sonia plans to attend Grand Canyon University, where she will enter a nursing program and hopes to one day be a traveling nurse. Next is Ali Correa. Ali, the verse that... Yeah. The verse I chose from you, for you is John 1.5. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Whew, man, we're getting emotional already. <laughs> Allie is an overcomer. Allie has faced a lot of trials in her life, and though it has been a difficult journey at times, <clears throat> she always overcomes them. Her journey has made her tough as nails, and yet she is also sensitive to the suffering of others around her. Allie is a fierce defender of her friends and doesn't shy away from speaking her mind. I appreciate Allie's strength, courage, and desire to show love to people who are often looked down on. In recent years, she's also excelled in sports, especially in the 200-meter hurdles. Those hurdles literally jump out of the way when they see Allie coming down the track. I've enjoyed our talks, her questions, and how she would often come to me when she had something going on. Allie plans to move closer to Portland where she will study cosmetology at the Avita Institute. Madison Hall. Madison, the verse I chose uh, for you is John 15, 13. It says, greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. I've told Maddie this many times. She's a really good friend to so many. Madison, in many ways, is the glue that holds people together. And there are many in the youth group that would attest to that. Two things I really appreciate about her, strength, about her is her strength of character and her care for her friends. Madison works hard to rise above when others choose the easy path. Most of the time when she would want to talk, it was about how she could be a better support or guide to her friends, not about herself or her own issues. Madison has a heart for others, especially in helping children. And though I, I try not to choose favorites, Madison has definitely given me the most gifts compared to the rest of you. <laughs> Her thoughtfulness has always made me and others feel like I matter. Madison plans to begin her education at Chemeketa through the Oregon Promise Program and then transfer somewhere else to possibly study psychology. Next is Violet Cronwitter. Now Violet, I actually didn't choose this verse uh, for you. Um, I struggled to choose one, but when I got your party invitation, your parents, I would assume, had chosen Proverbs 31:25, which says, she is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. And I thought, that's it. That's the one. I can always count on Violet for a good laugh. She exudes joy to those around her. Even when she's feeling less than optimal, she just has a way of lifting your spirits. Violet may not feel like she's a leader, but the number of other students who look up to her is evidence of her positive influence upon so many. Her ability, her ability to exercise patience 
and her chill demeanor always make her someone who everyone wants to be around. One thing I really appreciate about Violet is worshiping with her. She has a wonderful voice and a heart for worship, for worshiping the Lord. She's a person that I've always been able to depend on and has been truly a rock for our youth group. Violet plans to continue to work at Edwards Elementary as an education aide, which she's been doing um, for a while during her senior year, and while she takes further classes through, through PCC. Next is Isaiah Lubin. Isaiah, it's easy to choose your verse. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. Isaiah is truly a character. From his numerous inventions and projects to his iconic cowboy hat, which I will, this is extra here. He wore this under his cap at graduation, by the way. <clears throat> From his numerous inventions and projects to his iconic cowboy hat, when Isaiah is around, things are never dull. Isaiah has many passions and enjoys pursuing them, and is often coming to me with ideas for the youth group. Most significantly, though, is his eagerness to include other people in these projects and ideas. Anytime we get together, Isaiah has a board game to play, or a conversation to be had or an idea to bring people together and involve as many people as possible. He has even organized events outside of the normal youth group schedule in order to be with people and to have fun together. Isaiah is kind, creative, and he is a mentor to many in the youth group. He is the master of games and a great encourager to all. Isaiah will spend the summer working out at Camp Yamhill, and he will continue his education at the OSU Bend campus where he wants to study engineering or animal sciences. Next we have Luke Patterson. <laughs> Luke, for you I chose uh, 1 Corinthians 9, 24 and 25. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Luke is well known for being a dedicated athlete who challenges himself and works hard. I really enjoy playing a game of basketball or ping pong with Luke, and while he has beaten me at virtually every single sport that exists, I'd still like to remind him that this clip exists. Boom, right there. <laughs> yep. Beyond his love for sports, though, Luke is a very kind and respectful person. He also has a tremendous work ethic, and one way I remember that is through our, our project we did at CityServe, where he and Elise stayed late to help finish building a new porch for a single mother, and they worked really hard to stain that entire thing, too. Luke is a solid guy, a good friend, and a pretty decent ping pong player. <laughs> this fall, Luke plans to attend Oklahoma Christian University, where he will be studying engineering. And finally, we have Allison Rockwell. Woo! 
Allison, I have to say I did not choose this verse. This verse was chosen by your sister Abigail. Psalm 40, 11. Do not withhold your mercy from me, Lord. May your love and faithfulness always protect me. Allison is very kind-hearted and a compassionate person. She doesn't seek the limelight. Instead, she excels at putting others first. I've really enjoyed following Allison as she challenges herself with interesting hobbies and pursuits. How many teenagers do you know that can fly a plane? She still hasn't taken me up in the air, but that's okay. Maybe another time. On top of that, she has spent the last few years volunteering and training as a firefighter. Who knows, maybe one day she'll combine the two. Allison exemplifies the love of Christ, and she is forging her own trail into the future. Allison plans to attend Umqua Community College to study aviation. You know, this is always a, a, a fun but difficult time of year because it's, you know, just a, a reminder that this group of wonderful people is, they're moving on to different pursuits and kind of leaving me behind, but that's okay. That's how it goes, right? But what's great about these students is they're more than just students for me, especially in the youth group. These are our friends who I really look forward to watching as they continue to grow into adulthood. And so what I'm going to ask now is that our grads would come up to the front, as well as our elders, and we're going to have a special prayer over them at this time. So come on up. Followed by their speeches. Just joking. <laughs> You guys can, you guys line up here, how about that, yeah, we'll stand behind it. And Sean's going to lead us in prayer. Let's pray. Father, we uh, set these graduates apart for you. We ask, Father, that uh, you continue to bless them and lead them and guide them. We pray, Father, that they would know um, not only of our love for them in the past, but in the future. We pray, Father, that they would know we're committed to them, uh, that we want to be, uh, continue to be their spiritual family. We pray, Father, that uh, in the days and months ahead that you would make um, yourself very present in their lives so that they feel your comfort and your guidance as they embark on a different um, path that they've been on in the last several years. We pray, Father, that they would trust in you, that they would uh, lean upon you, and that uh, their hearts would be set uh, to be uh, your children. We pray, Father, that they would uh, understand their giftedness, that they would find ways to, to be used by you to make a difference in this world. We're thankful, Father, that um, we've been a part of their growth and uh, hopefully, Father, we can be a part of their futures as well. Father, we um, want uh, you to be uh, central in their lives. And so we pray to that end that they, as Chris has preached, that they would choose life, that they would have wisdom in making those choices, and that you'd bring some good people near them 
uh, as they navigate these next few years. Father, we love these students. We are thankful for their presence, their families, and we pray uh, a blessing upon them in the name of Jesus. Amen. Please join me in congratulating the class. And one final thing real quick. I just want to take this opportunity, you know, anytime we do this or we have a baptism, I just want to remind us that we as the older generations, we have an obligation to these younger people and not just our seniors, but our high school students, our junior, or our middle school students, our elementary and preschool students. We have many in this congregation and you can take the opportunity to get to know them right now. You don't have to wait till they're adults to go and talk with them. And I know they can maybe seem a little scary sometimes, but they're afraid of you too. So just make it awkward. And it's our responsibility to take that step first and to get to know them and to find ways that we can encourage them in their journey to know the Lord. So thank you uh, for honoring them. And we're going to continue in our worship now. 